Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast, friend of the show. And Mike, as always, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing this afternoon? Oh, doing great, John. Just gearing up for SEC Media Day, so I appreciate you making some time for me. Absolutely, man, absolutely. So, uh, actually, let's start there with SEC Media Days. It's in Nashville. I know it's your uh, neck of the woods, something you've uh, been able to call home for a while, so I'm sure you're excited about not having to travel for it. But also, just generally speaking, is there one thing that stands out to you the most as far as the headlines going into this with maybe Texas and Oklahoma joining, maybe the cliche one, but What's, what's the biggest storyline for you right now heading into next week? It's probably Georgia and all their off-the-field issues, if I'm putting it kindly, uh, because this has all the signs. I mean, all, all off-season, John, I know you've been hearing it. We've all been hearing it. Uh, Georgia, they, they probably they should be number one in the country. And a lot of people have them pegged as the likely champion, once again, which is incredible to to think a team could go 41 years without winning a title and then going three for three. But I certainly think the signs are there that uh, they are losing track of, uh, of what they need to be focused on, clearly. I mean, I mean, it just seems like every week there's a new headline out of Athens, and they're, and they're almost all negative. You could imagine that going into the SEC media days with Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher is probably going to get tired of answering questions about Bobby Petrino and the offense, and how everything is going to work there. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, <laughs> usually, Joe, when, when someone, if anybody missed it, these spring press conferences, they are usually, that, that's when you get some really good stuff from these coaches because they're at ease. They're, they're willing to answer things because there's no pressure. There's no games. And that was the most combative press conference I've ever seen in my life for the spring. Uh, and Jimbo was just simply asked, you know, will he call plays or will it be Bobby Petrino? He couldn't even give it a, a straight answer. So uh, that is only going to ramp up as we get closer and closer to the season, and particularly if the Aggies struggle on offense, which they've done about every year for the past 10 years. Uh, I mean, this this is a powder keg that uh, could explode at any time in College Station. Well, one thing we were discussing, too, was been coaches' hot seats. And Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports ranked all 133 coaches in college football, at least in the FBS level, of where their hot seat ranks. He had Jimbo Fisher as the one with the hottest seat. Is it just him and him alone in the SEC as far as being on the hot seat in this conference? Or are there a couple of other coaches that maybe you would put into this category of, hey, this year you better show us something or there might be some changes? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I knew we were going to talk about this. I, I'm not a big fan of hot seat talk in the summer because we're supposed to be optimistic. We're supposed to be positive. No, Everybody's good, none of that here. All. We can't be optimistic here. <laughs> but, of course, that's, that's not reality. Once, once these games come in and, and people start losing, uh, I mean, there's two guys that I have my eyes on in the SEC, aside from Jimbo, and I would argue, I mean, with, with the talent and everything that he has and the resources, it's it's despicable that they went five and seven last year. They should have fired him already. Uh, but two guys to keep their eyes on, and one of them just got a contract extension. But I, that's not worth the paper it's written on. And that's Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri, because hey, maybe five ten years ago we give someone four or five six seasons to see what they can do. Uh, Missouri is just I mean they've been below five hundred every year, and I realize it's not a historically great program. I'm not saying it is, but 
this has got to be the year where they show something. And by something, I'm saying seven, eight wins. That, you know, I, I think that's realistic if things break right. If not, we may have to move on from Drink. His recruiting has certainly suffered last cycle and it's suffering now. Uh, and then the other guy, this is crazy to even say, but uh, Billy Napier at Florida. I mean, it's this is not a joke when I say this, but Vanderbilt is a must-win game because they lost to Vanderbilt last year. They host them this year. If they lose to Vanderbilt in the middle of the year in the swamp, uh, Billy Napier should be fired immediately, I think. Who are you most interesting in hearing from, whether it's a coach or player at SEC Media Days? Most interested in hearing from, uh, I mean, it, it's always been Mike Leach, rest in peace. He's not going to be there. So I, I guess I got to shift to uh, the other coach in that state. I'm going with Lane Kiffin because you just, you never know quite what you're going to get out of him. And, uh, you know, he's kind of been talking out both sides of his mouth about the NIL this offseason. I know he's bringing Judkins. It's it's rare that you see a true sophomore at an event like this, but I bet Lane Kiffin's going to talk about uh, some of the fellow coaches down there trying to poach his star running back. So you just never know what you're going to get out of Lane Kiffin. That's kind of my favorite thing about media days. We all go into it with narratives and talking points, and that – typically all gets thrown out the window uh, because there's news that actually happens at the event. Speaking with Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Yeah, and looking at Media Days, too, and knowing that it's going to be in Nashville and it's going to be a different vibe and everything, too, uh, I've always missed the days of when coaches like Steve Spurrier or Les Miles would just kind of treat it as a joke, where, yeah, they, they would give some answers here and there, but their approach was just kind of like, eh, I'm just going to say whatever I want to say and, and have some fun with it. Do you, do you feel like there will be some of that this year, or do you feel like it's going to be maybe just Elaine Kiffin and maybe one other coach that will uh, kind of stir it up a little bit? But I just don't want it to be boring, I guess is my fear. I don't want it to be boring coach speak the entire time. We need some trash talk going on. No, 100%. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I wish they would all trash talk. I mean, I thought that's what was the whole point of media days, but uh... – but you're right. I mean, I guess with the with it being televised and all the coverage, I mean, some of these guys are scared to death to say. I mean, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart can literally say anything they want. They're, it's not going <laughs> to catch up to them on the field, and, and no one's going to put them on the hot seat. So why not? But uh, I, I'm certainly glad when there's no disrespect to Nick Saban, but I'm, I'm always glad when one of his disciples get fired in the SEC because all these guys, they go by the same code, and, and they just – they refuse to say anything interesting uh, with a microphone in front of their face. So uh, I, I wish we could go back to the old days where coaches would let it fly. And, and I would even encourage them to drink alcohol. I don't know if it, I'm surely that's not allowed, but uh, I'd be in favor of it. Mike, you could be a tour guide in a sense being there in Nashville. So what are some must to do whenever you have downtime in Nashville? Drink. That's the main one. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that, that's what everybody's going to be doing down there. It's right down on Broadway. Um, I don't know if, if you guys are aware of this, but uh, there's construction all around the hotel. So they picked the worst possible time. They're redoing an entire bridge right there. So it's going to be a train wreck uh, getting in and out of there. But, uh, yeah, I can only imagine how many drinks will be consumed down there on Broadway. Uh, but, you know, as, as far as that, I mean, that's the main attraction there. Just go see some live music, get some good drinks in you. It's, it's hot as can be here. Uh, so you need a, a several just to cool down. 
Yeah, is there a karaoke place? Uh, I think that's the most important thing that we got to figure out. I'm sure there is, maybe one or two in the city of Nashville. But uh, can you can you help us out because we got to keep the tradition going? Yeah, honestly, not a big karaoke guy, but I know for a fact there's about half a dozen within walking distance of the hotel. So yeah, you're gonna be just fine. I mean, you you could throw a football and, and hit a karaoke bar in downtown uh, Nashville. Good to know. Well, hey, listen, also, we're going back. I know you don't like talking about the hot seat type of stuff, but I, I was curious because uh, Dennis Dodd, I should say, had Sam Pittman as a one, with zero being untouchable, and Sam Pittman as a one heading into this season. I'm not saying that he should be a five or even a four or anything like that, but I thought it would be a little bit higher. What do you make of this season for Sam Pittman and the importance of it and going forward as a Razorback head coach, knowing that he's not going to have KJ next year, he's not going to have Rocket Sanders next year, they got two new teams joining the conference, just how important of a season is this for Sam Pittman to be able to bounce back from going 6-6 six and six from last season and have an even better year this season? Yeah, no, I agree 100% with you. And uh, I'm, I'm one of the biggest Sam Pittman fans out there, so I'm rooting for him. But uh, this is a paramount year, and I think it's because – the changes that coordinator and how last season ended. And there certainly seems from the outside looking in like some uh, issues in the locker room, to put it kindly. So have they moved on from all that or does that seep over to another season? What happens if they significantly downgraded at both coordinator spots, which I don't think is the case, but we can't completely rule it out either until we see it on the field. So, I mean, there is a, there is a path to Sam Pittman exiting the season on a pretty uh, hot seat. I, I really do think, again, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, to put him at a one, no, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't quite go that far. I'd, I'd probably put him at a two. Uh, so, again, not very close to the hot seat, but certainly a situation to monitor. This is a huge year for him. Uh, I don't think you really judge a head coach on, on who he initially hires because it, it, stability is all about – replacing coordinators because as long as he's going to be the the coach at Arkansas, if he keeps nailing these coordinator hires, people are going to try to steal him away. So what's his ability to rehire those guys? Uh, We just don't know that uh, until this fall. Well, they better back off uh, because hopefully Arkansas has a big year this year and can have some momentum. I think they can, but as you said, they got to show it on the field and they got to keep KJ Jefferson healthy. That's the most important thing. But Mike, as always, dude, appreciate it. We'll see you in Nashville next week, man. Have a good weekend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys.